We are kicking off our player preview series with discussion about Gonzaga's only incoming freshman forward, Braden Huff, and what he's going to bring to this team in year one, all right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Today's episode of Locked On Zags is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security. With Fast Protect technology, exclusively from Simply Safe, 24-7 monitoring agents capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster response. There's no safe place like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. All right, it is October and we are here beginning our player preview series ahead of the 2022-23 college basketball season. That's right, folks. College basketball is back or almost back. Craziness in the kennel is just a couple of days away as I am recording this on Monday afternoon. We're talking all things Braden Huff in today's episode. Last year, I kicked off the player preview series talking about Ben Gregg. It was my first episode of the Locked On Zags podcast. I feel like we're here on a reunion. It feels like we're doing the whole thing again. I'm very, very excited to be back for another season hosting the Locked On Zags podcast. What better way to kick things off than talking about a potentially impactful freshman here in Braden Huff. We're going to talk about Braden Huff's history, how he ended up in a Gonzaga uniform in the first segment here. We're going to talk about his best and worst case scenarios for this upcoming season in segment number two. And then we'll finish out the show talking about his expected role for year one and also what his future might look like in a Gonzaga uniform. Because as we've seen so often in Gonzaga's program, big men in particular don't tend to make the biggest impact in year one. It's a development system after all. We'll start talking about Huff and his future or his past. Excuse me. He attended Glenbard West High School just outside of Chicago. That is where he is from. Gonzaga has had a handful of Chicago area players in the past. Zach Zach Norvell, excuse me, is perhaps the most notable one, at least recently. Huff began his high school career as a guard. He was actually a backup guard to begin his high school career, but then he grew five inches. This is a similar story to former Gonzaga big man Kelly Olenek, who I think grew something like eight inches while he was in high school. Gonzaga recruited him as a guard. He ended up showing up as a seven-footer first couple of years in college. He was still trying to figure out how to move, how to utilize his body. Obviously ended up becoming an All-American and a 10-year NBA veteran. We can hope... A similar trajectory happens for Braden Huff. Uh, he grew five inches. He became a big man. He had some of those outside shooting skills that you would expect to see out of a guard. And the Zags, as they so often are, were in early on Braden Huff. They identified his talent. They saw the projections. They they looked at this player and thought he can be somebody who really helps this program. We can see what his projection, what his future is going to look like. And that's what you want your staff to do. But a key part of that is your staff needs to be able to do that before anybody else does. This is not going to, I'm not trying to put shade on John Calipari or any other coaches who, who get a lot of five-star recruits, but one of the elements of, of player development and of recruiting is really 
finding talent that maybe other places, whether it's media sites, whether it's other coaches, haven't quite identified the talent, haven't seen what that future could look like. Gonzaga and their staff, really, really good at this. They find guys that a year or sometimes even two years later start to finally crop up on 24-7 sports' composite rankings or on three's composite rankings, or even if they never end up ranking well, they get to college, they get to Gonzaga, and all of a sudden they're first-round picks or they're second-round picks or NBA free agents or at least just really darn good college basketball players when perhaps their recruiting the recruiting services wouldn't have necessarily led you to believe that that was going to happen. Huff could end up being on a very similar trajectory. The Zags offered him in August of 2021. At that time, he was not a top 100 recruit. He was not somebody that was really on a lot of people's radar. And he considered, he committed to Gonzaga a month later. Not entirely surprising. He wasn't getting a ton of interest. Wisconsin was in there. Northwestern was in there. There's a couple of other schools that had showed at least some level of interest. But Gonzaga was the biggest school. They swooped in. They said, we believe in you. We see a future where you can be a big-time contributor in this program. He looked at the program. He looked at Kelly Olynyk. He looked at Kyle Wilcher. He looked at those guys and said, yeah, heck yeah, I can be that. I can do that. I can develop in that way. So he committed, and it makes sense. On paper, it's a perfect fit. Braden Huff is six foot ten. He's got shot blocking skills. He's got outside shooting skills. He's got a physical projection that leads you to believe he could get bigger and faster and stronger. Gonzaga loves this kind of player. They have players like this already on the roster. Ben Gregg is a very similar player, at least on paper, to who Braden Huff is. Drew Timmy wasn't quite the outside shooter, but had a somewhat similar projection. Of course, Kelly Linick and Kyle Wilcher, two players that Huff specifically mentioned when talking about committing to Gonzaga. This is the kind of player that the Zags covet for good reason. Shortly after Huff committed to Gonzaga, he won the high school state championship and he was named Mr. Illinois. The list of basketball players who have been named Mr. Illinois is shocking. It is an incredible group of athletes, an incredible group of basketball players. For Huff to be on that list is a testament to how good he was at the end of his high school playing career and perhaps how, how the the recruiting services maybe didn't get this right. Maybe they were incorrect. Maybe they were a little late to the party here. He did end up moving up on the list by the end of the 2022 recruiting period. He was in the top 100 of 24-7 sports' composite rankings. He was still 90th, so it's not like he was really, really high on the list. But when you look at Mark Few and the staff's track record of of turning players who were ranked around there or even later. Corey Kispert was not a top 100 prospect. He, of course, ended up being just outside of a lottery pick. You look at some of the transfers that Gonzaga has gotten in. Brandon Clark was not a highly rated recruit coming out of high school, uh, and he ended up becoming a first-round pick as well. Some of the international guys, DeMontis Sabonis, Rui Hachimura, end up being lottery picks and very, very good NBA players. They were guys who were not on that radar as well. So, Looking at Braden Huff, and I think some people will be able to look at the recruiting class, particularly because it was only one player and because next year's class, as of right now, only has one player in it and think that Gonzaga's recruiting has maybe taken a dip or maybe because Tommy Lloyd's at Arizona, the staff's not going to recruit as well, whatever it may be. But a player like Braden Huff being barely within the top 100 and for a long time not within the top 100 is not the kind of thing that should even remotely be held against him because Gonzaga has found this kind of player and turned them into really, really talented 
Sometimes NBA players, if not really highly talented college basketball players, and there's little reason not to think that Braden Huff is going to be next on that list. Now, we're going to come back in the second segment, and we're going to take a look at the best and worst case scenarios for Braden Huff's first collegiate season. But before we get there, I want to tell you all about Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. They protect you with cutting-edge security technology powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home and can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras from, for inside and outside your home, and smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Right, segment number two. Silly Pat is still locked on Zags, and we're still talking all things Gonzaga freshman forward Braden Huff here, kicking off our player preview series as we are less than one month away from the start of the 2022-2023 regular season for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Uh, we talked about Braden Huff's history, Mr. Illinois in the state of in, in the state of Illinois, obviously, a really really talented high school basketball player coming to Spokane. And we want to talk about his best case and worst case scenarios here in the second segment. The caveat that I always say here, the best case scenarios are within reason, the worst case scenarios are without injury. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the best case scenario for a player is that they're going to win player of the year and they're going to be the first overall pick in the NBA draft and they're going to win championship MVP unless those things are realistic, unless those things might actually happen. Likewise, I'm not going to tell you that the worst case scenario for a player is that they're going to suffer a season ending injury. That is quite apparent that it is the worst case scenario. It is not particularly helpful discourse. Obviously, if players have injury history, we will discuss that. But for the most part, those are two things that we're just kind of going to ignore when discussing players. For Braden Huff, it's particularly notable because a lot of the best and worst case scenarios are probably not things that we are going to see on the basketball court this season. The best case scenario for Braden Huff is mostly happening behind the scenes. Almost 100% of it is happening behind the scenes. That's not to say that he's going to redshirt or that he's not going to play at all. I don't know. There's a, It's a possibility that he redshirts. I think it's unlikely. I think he's likely going to maintain his eligibility but just not play all that much. But that's not necessarily a worst case scenario. The best case scenario for Braden Huff is that he learns just oodles and oodles and oodles of stuff from Drew Timmy, from Anton Watson, from Efton Reed, from Julian Strother in some capacities, from Ben Gregg, from Caden Perry, and of course, from the coaching staff, from any other player, from J.P. Batista as a graduate assistant who's going to be around the team. There are tons of fantastic resources for him. And in a best case scenario, he spends his first season in Spokane as a sponge, 
just acquiring as much information, knowledge, tips and tricks as he possibly can to make himself the best possible basketball player that he can be. The best case scenario for Braden Huff is that he gets stronger, he gets faster, he gets healthier, his, he gets on a diet plan, he gets on an exercise plan. That's not to say that he needs to do those things, that where he is currently is bad, but every single player comes from high school to college and should be getting stronger, should be getting faster. Those are the things you should be doing because you're on a collegiate weight room, you're on a collegiate meal plan, you're doing all of that stuff to better your game. So in a best case scenario for Braden Huff, he is continuing to work on those things so that he is the best version of himself physically that he is capable of being. The best case scenario for Braden Huff is that he adjusts to college life. This is not something that we talk about enough on this podcast and that the national media, when covering college sports, particularly basketball and football, they don't talk about this enough. Being a college student is hard. Being a student athlete is really hard. Yes, they have academic support staff. That was my job for five years prior to hosting this podcast. I've done that. I know what that looks like. It's hard to be away from your family. It's hard to be in a new environment. He's going halfway across the country. He's going to be traveling with his team. He's going to have homework. He's going to have homesickness. He's going to try to have a social life. The best case scenario for Braden Huff is that those adjustments happen in a year where he's not expected to play 30 minutes per night on the basketball court. Obviously, there are tons of freshmen every single year who do this. Gonzaga has had extraordinary freshman performances very recently in Chet Holmgren, in Jalen Suggs. The list goes on and on and on of other players who were impactful from day one. Corey Kispert, Killian Tilly, like they have a big group of guys who are impactful in year one. So it's not impossible. But Braden is not going to be counted on to be that. Drew Timmy, Efton Reed. Anton Watson, Julian Strother, Ben Gregg, Caden Perry, potentially all of those guys are above Braden on the depth chart. It's possible he's not last out of that group. It's possible he's ahead of Caden Perry and or Ben Gregg. But even then, even then, I don't see a clear path to consistent playing time for Braden Huff in year one. I just don't think it's going to happen. Mark Few hasn't ever played. He does not. I shouldn't say never. Obviously, there are counterexamples. He rarely plays freshmen extensively over veteran guys. In this situation, Anton Watson is locked into a similar minutes per game that he's always played. Drew Timmy is locked into 28 to 30 minutes per night. Efton Reed is going to play. I don't know exactly how much, but he's going to play. There's no debate about that. Julian Strother may end up playing a lot of minutes in the small ball four role. And then, of course, you have Greg and Perry right there as well. So I just don't think we're going to see a lot of Braden Huff. But in a best case scenario, what we do see is appealing. We see the glimpses of the impactful shot blocker that we've heard he can be. We see glimpses of the, his ability to stretch the floor, hit outside shots, force defenders to come out and guard him. We see glimpses of that stuff. His playing time is probably going to be in garbage time situations against sub-300 Ken Palm teams. That's probably who we're going to see him play most of his minutes against. He'll probably play against Warner Pacific in the exhibition game. He'll probably play against teams like Kent State and Montana and North Florida and Northern Illinois, and those kinds of teams that Gonzaga play. Maybe we'll see him during the conference season when they're playing Pacific or when they're playing some of the other teams that are towards the bottom of the conference standings. We'll probably see him against Chicago State on March 1st leading up to the WCC tournament. But other than that, I don't think we're going to see a ton of him. So the best case scenarios are that we see a player who looks ready to take on a bigger role in year two. What's the worst case scenario for Braden Huff? Well, again, it's going to be stuff that is hard to see. 
obvious worst case scenarios that would be visible outside of injury, which of course is the most apparent one, would be frustration. It's really rare to see this, and Gonzaga does such a good job of identifying players who know what their role is going to look like, who know that they're part of a development program, who know that, hey, I'm probably not going to go to Spokane and play over Drew Timmy. Worst case scenario is that we do see some of that frustration. There's no reason to believe that this would happen with Braden Huff based on what we know about his character. So it's kind of, it's not necessarily something I want to spend a lot of time on. But when you talk about players who are at the end of the bench, one of the worst case scenarios is that they clearly are frustrated with that situation. Other than that, the worst case scenario for Braden Huff is that he is those those gains we hope you see a player make in their first year outside of high school from a physical perspective, gaining more size, more muscle, all of that stuff. They just don't happen. Again, we're probably not going to see that. That's not necessarily something we're going to notice until year two or maybe maybe not something we would notice at all. But that would be a worst case scenario is that he's not getting stronger. He's not getting faster. The adjustments from high school game to the college games, the ones that we expect to happen behind the scenes, just aren't happening with him. And then the worst case scenario for Braden Huff, and I don't think this is necessarily that bad, but the glimpses we do see of him on the court just aren't, aren't great. Whether he looks overmatched physically on defense, whether he's not knocking down his outside shots, whether he just looks a step slow or like he's not picking up the offense, whatever it may be, any of those things are fixable. And it's a development program for a reason. Some of Gonzaga's best players in, in school history were not good when they were freshmen. Go find tape of Shemek Karnowski as a freshman if you want some proof of that. Because it just it takes time. Everybody develops a little bit differently. So I don't think Braden Huff looking not great on the basketball court in the small amount of minutes that we will see from him is necessarily a big detriment or a big fear. But one of the worst case scenarios is that we don't know if or when he's going to be a contributor for this team. You look at Ben Gregg, you look at Caden Perry. Perry's is more injury related, but when you, when you look at Ben Gregg, there is some concern of like, is he ever going to be a high level rotation player? And the worst case scenario for Braden Huff is that after year one, those questions start to creep in. Maybe they're a little unfair. Maybe they're a little premature, but if he doesn't do anything to to put those concerns to rest, they're going to crop up. It's a long off season. There's a lot of mailbag Mondays to get through. Those are the kind of questions that might potentially crop up if he doesn't show us something in the small amount of minutes that he does get this season. All right, third and final segment coming up. We're going to take a look at Huff's expected role this season and what his future in a Gonzaga uniform might look like. But before we get there, I want to tell you all about Built Bar. If you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture. They have real cookie dough nut chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com now to snag a box for you and your family. It will be the perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. What's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. 
Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to Built.com now. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Right, segment number three. Still, still locked on Zag. Still chatting about Gonzaga's newest incoming freshman. That is, of course, Braden Huff out of Chicago, Illinois. Mr. Illinois in the state for his final season in high school. We talked about his history. We talked about his best and worst case scenarios for next season. Now I want to talk more realistically what I think Braden Huff's going to do in year one. And quite frankly, I don't think he's going to play all that much. I, I think he's going to play less than 100 minutes this season. I think he's going to play in probably 10 to 12 games, depending on how Gonzaga does, how many blowouts there are, of course, injury situations, all of that. It's hard to exactly project, but looking back on some other players who were in similar situations as newcomers to the team or new freshmen who were kind of third, fourth, fifth on the depth chart, I just don't see a ton of playing time. I see 12 to 15 games. I see five or six minutes in those games. And it's pretty much all going to come in garbage time. I mentioned earlier, we'll probably see him against Warner Pacific. Maybe we'll see him against Tennessee. Maybe Mark Few will let some of those guys play against a really good team like Tennessee because it's an exhibition game, because it doesn't count in the standings. But I expect most of his minutes to come in Gonzaga's non-conference slate against teams that are not particularly good. North Florida comes to mind, Montana comes to mind, Kent State comes to mind. There are a handful of games like this on Gonzaga's schedule every single year. It's just, it's part of how the scheduling works. And for Gonzaga, it makes some sense to have those be the games where we get a chance to see Braden in action. Again, I don't think he's going to start those games or play like 30 minutes or anything like that, but normally he might only come in for the last two, three, four minutes of a game. And those games, maybe he comes in at the under eight. At the, the the final media, the second to last media timeout of the game, gets a seven minute run instead of just a two or three minute run. A little bit more of an opportunity for him to actually stretch his legs, get involved in the offense, get a little breathless, run around a little bit. That's kind of the expectation for what I think his season is going to look like. It's it's a season we've seen a thousand times. It's a season we've seen from Ben Gregg. It's a season we've seen from insert almost any developmental piece that the Zags have had in the past. They had a season where they played less than half of Gonzaga's games and played seven to eight minutes per night. It's just kind of the part of how this development program runs, how the, how the churn happens, how the these players end up becoming who they become. This is part of that process. I think beyond that, Braden Huff's future is really interesting. It's hard to project any player's future in college basketball right now because the ability for rosters to change so dramatically year to year in the past with the sit-out transfer rules, you had a and with less con- confusion about whether guys were going to go pro or not, you had a really good sense of what a future roster was going to look like. You could project with relatively, with pr- pretty good accuracy what the next season and even the season after that's roster was going to look like. Certainly there would be some changes, but these days it can change very dramatically. Night in, night out, over the offseason, things, things change tremendously. For Braden Huff, I think we're going to see there's a real possibility he's a contributor as soon as year two. It would be surprising to see him do anything more than garbage time in year one. 
But next year, Anton Watson will have graduated. He'll have an extra year of eligibility, but he will have graduated. There's a chance that this is his final year in a Gonzaga uniform. Same situation with Drew Timmy, who could in fact return next year if he wanted to do so. But he, the expectation at this point is that he will not. Of course, at this time last year, most people wouldn't have thought he was coming back. So you never know. If Anton Watson and Drew Timmy are both out the door, Julian Strother much, much more likely to be out the door. He's the most confident player on this roster outside of Rasir Bolton, who is out of eligibility. Strother's the most likely player to not be on this roster next season. So if Watson, Timmy, Strother are all gone, there's a lot more playing time in the front court. You still have Efton Reed, who I expect to take on a very big role in his second season in Spokane. You still have Ben Gregg and Caden Perry, assuming they're healthy, assuming they are still with the program. Both those guys are going to be heavily in the mix for playing time. And then you're also privy to whomever Gonzaga finds on the transfer portal. And it's not if they add somebody via the transfer portal, it's who they're going to add via the transfer portal. Because almost certainly, if Anton Watson, Andrew Timmy, and Julian Strother are out the door... Almost certainly the Zags are going to add a front court play via the transfer portal. They might add two. They can do that. They have the ability to do that. Pro teams, players, excuse me, love, love transferring to Gonzaga. Why wouldn't they look at the success of some of the transfers in Gonzaga's past, like Kyle Wilcher, like Brandon Clark, like Nigel Williams, Goss, the list goes on and on. Jonathan Williams. There have been so many very successful transfers at Gonzaga. And for for this program, if they do lose some of those high-profile starters, they can replenish with more high-profile starters from other teams. So it puts guys like like Braden Huff, like Ben Gregg, like Caden Perry, they have to really pop. They have to develop in such a way that they can immediately take on a, a bigger role to the point where the staff isn't even going to look for those kind of transfers. That's hard to do. That doesn't mean that they won't find playing time. Maybe they never develop into 30-minute-per-game starters, but they could find playing time. They could find themselves a role. Braden Huff's ability to to protect the rim, his ability to stretch the floor, shoot from the outside. Those are really valuable skills. That's what a modern big man needs to be able to do. He has those skills in his bag. We haven't seen how it translates at the collegiate level, but if it does, if we see glimpses of that this year, if he balls out in practice, if he spends an entire year learning from Drew Timmy, working against him in practice, and he comes out ready to go, there's a great chance he's a significant contributor in year two. I would be surprised at this point if he was starting as a sophomore, just because that's a pretty big leap from where he is right now. But there's a good chance that he is somebody that the Zags are relying on night in and night out as soon as his second season. Beyond that, really hard to project. Really, really. I The, the Gonzaga's roster could look entirely different two years from now. Looking at the, the nine-man rotation that I'm expecting Gonzaga to take into this season— Every single one of those players could be gone two years from now. That's just how college basketball is these days. That's just how much turnover there is. Guys going pro, guys transferring, whatever it may be for Gonzaga, because they have so many NBA caliber players, there's always a risk that guys are going to jump professionally. We've seen more and more of that happening recently in Spokane because they're recruiting better players. They're getting better players. You don't make eight straight sweet 16s. You don't make... You know, you don't establish yourself as the purest, one of the best programs in college basketball without losing a lot of guys early. So projecting Braden House future outside of even the following season is, is really tough to do. But if we see those glimpses from him this year, if we see, hey, like this is a guy who looks smooth with his shot. He looks his footwork is good. You know, maybe he needs to work on this. Maybe he needs to get a little stronger, whatever it may be. 
I think there's a very real chance that we're looking at a guy who next summer, when we're discussing what's next year's lineup going to look like, what is the rotation going to look like, who's Mark Few going to play, Braden Huff is really squarely in that conversation. All right, that is going to do it for me today. Don't forget to check out my new website for written content at scorezagscore.com. More fun stuff coming later this week. A pair of guests joining the show. Very excited about that right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube as well. Go hit that subscribe button on YouTube if you haven't done so yet. Very, very close to our goal of 1,000 subscribers. So any help there is very much appreciated. Finally, thank you again to those of you who have made Locked On Zags your first listen of the day. Locked On WCC doesn't exist yet, but you can get more informed on the West Coast happenings by making Locked On Pac-12 your second listen of the day. Host Spencer McLaughlin and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Pac-12 in 30 minutes, five times per week. All right, thank you all for listening, and go Zags.